Hello, my name is Logan Russell, and welcome to the A Headmaster's Memoir podcast. So, obviously, as you can tell, this is a new podcast, and so this episode is going to be spent just introducing myself to you, the listener, um, letting you know a bit about myself and what this podcast is, what it's going to be about, um, and where the idea came from, and just my general story. So, like I said, my name is Logan Russell. I'm originally from Nassau, Bahamas. I'm 23 years old. I'm a current Master's of Education student at Harvard University um, with a specific focus in education leadership, organization, and entrepreneurship. And so, you might be wondering, you know, what is a podcast called A Headmaster's Memoir going to be about? So... This podcast is primarily going to focus on discussions and interviews with headmasters of boarding schools or day schools in the United States, so typically just independent schools in general. We're not going to focus too much on public schools. It will be primarily focused on private boarding or day schools. And so the idea for this podcast, where did this come from? So during COVID, I... Spent a lot of time interviewing probably, you know, over 25 different headmasters from schools in the Northeast, the Southeast, out West, um, kind of picking their brains, hearing their stories and, you know, figuring out what it takes to be a head of school, what it takes to be, you know, a successful one and the path to getting there. So that's the idea for this podcast. Um, and I'll get more into that idea and how that idea was formulated in my personal story. So, I'll start from the beginning. Um, that's around high school. So, grew up in the Bahamas. Uh, at the age of 14, I decided to leave home and go to boarding school in Chattanooga, Tennessee, to an all-boys Christian boarding school called the Macaulay School. Um, it was a wonderful time, my time there. All four years, I loved them. Met a ton of really cool people. Um, have lifelong friends I've met, and I'm still in contact with many of those people, as well as the faculty there, so teachers, coaches, advisors, mentors that I made uh, while I was at Macaulay, and, you know, they're still very instrumental into my life. So after graduating from Macaulay in 2018, I attended Bowdoin College, so it's a tiny liberal arts school in Brunswick, Maine, um, Roll Bears, if you're familiar with them, but went there, did my freshman year, played soccer as well, and I wasn't really feeling it. I majored in neuroscience during my time there, made a couple of good friends um, that I'm, again, still in contact with and are influential people in my life, but I decided Bowdoin wasn't for me, um, and so I needed a change. So during my fall semester of my sophomore year, I actually decided to withdraw from Bowdoin and go back home to the Bahamas. Um, And so when I left Bowdoin and went back home, I spent a ton of time reflecting on, you know, what I want to do with life. While I was at Bowdoin, I was majoring in neuroscience as an effort, I guess, to go into the pre-dental track. I thought I was going to be an orthodontist. My father has an orthodontic practice uh, in the Bahamas. And so the idea was to just, you know, go to ortho school, move back home, and take that over. But as I was reflecting, once I left Bowdoin and was back home, I decided that orthodontics was not for me. Taking over the family business was not something I was interested in. And so as I was prompted to reflect by, you know, friends, family, especially my parents, um, of what I wanted to do with my life, 
I decided, okay, I got to figure out what I really love. Um, I think a great example my father has always showed myself and my siblings is that he gets up every day and he's excited to go to work. And so I wanted to emulate that, not you know exactly in orthodontics like him, but I wanted to be able to get up every day and say that what I was doing was something that I loved. And so I remembered that, hey, you know, I really loved my time in boarding school. Those four years were extremely influential and fruitful and just fun. And so I said, okay, maybe I'll go back to a context like that. Um, you know, be a dorm person or dorm parent, uh, coach, teach, maybe help on admissions and kind of just make a career, you know, in that field, in that realm. Um, and I was pretty satisfied with that idea, with that thought. So that's kind of what I was you know, thinking towards. But again, during that time of being home and reflecting, I had a conversation with a, a man named Troy Kemp, who I'd definitely describe as a mentor to me and an influential character during my time at Macaulay. Um, and he kind of was the first person to prompt this idea of leadership within an independent school context. Before that, I had never really thought about leadership in any way. Um, so he was the first person to put that on my mind. Uh, but as uh, I went to Wheaton, so I'll get into that. But as my time home came to an end and I transitioned to starting at my new school, which would eventually be Wheaton College in Illinois, I really began to investigate this idea of leadership. Um, and one of the things that I came across was, you know, deans of schools, you know, directors of enrollment, um, obviously school heads as well, so a headmaster. And I wasn't sure if leadership was something that I really wanted. And so to figure out that question, if it was truly something I was interested in, I figured I needed to talk to people who were doing this. And so I began to reach out to different head of schools um, around the country, schools you know, in the Northeast, in the South, out West. Um, and just said, hey, are you willing to sit down with me over Zoom and just answer a couple of questions and let me hear your story? And this became increasingly effective, especially as COVID happened, because, you know, schools are shutting down, people are home. And so these head of schools that are typically busy during the school year have a lot more time on their hands suddenly. So I, you know, really am just cold emailing people and seeing what I get back. And as I get more and more responses, I schedule more and more calls and I hear more and more stories and they were super interesting. And I think a lot of these conversations I had with you know, leaders from all different types of boarding schools and day schools as well really confirmed for me that I think headship was something that I'd really be interested in. And mind you, I'm still young. You know, I'm only you know, 21, 22 years old. I'm still in college. So a career in the independent school world, especially a career in headship, is far, far down the line. But having these conversations, I think, definitely made it a lot more clear to me that this is a career that I could really see myself doing. And so just to circle back um, and kind of just frame where you're on the timeline here, I would have started at Wheaton College in January 2020, um, obviously right before the pandemic. Uh, during my time at Wheaton, my three years there from 2020 to 2023, I was a varsity soccer player, um, and I also majored in 
biblical studies and theology. So my undergraduate degree is actually not in education. So I'm not really getting any formal training in education or education leadership or administration um, or even education pedagogy until my time here at Harvard, which I'll eventually get into. But as my time at Wheaton came to an end and my idea of wanting to be ahead of school was really solidified, one of the big lessons I learned when in talking to all these heads of schools and hearing their stories and their paths to headship, I realized that obviously an advanced degree is necessary. Most of the head of schools I've spoken to had advanced degrees in education administration, education leadership, or education design, um, you know, those areas. Funny enough, a lot of them, their undergraduate degrees were not in education like mine, so that obviously made me feel a lot more comfortable and confident in deciding to study biblical studies and theology. But what I did notice was that most of these head of schools were teaching the subject that their undergraduate degree was in. So with mine being in theology, obviously I'd have to teach some sort of Bible or ethics um, class. I could probably get away with social studies or history class, but I digress. Um, but with having this information and knowing that an advanced degree is necessary, you know, I had to kind of weigh up a choice. Do I want to go to grad school immediately after undergrad or do I want to go and teach for a while first or work in an independent school in some context and then go back to grad school? And so this was a pretty hard decision. Um, but eventually after talking with parents, trusted mentors, um, I ended up applying to grad school with obviously one of those being Harvard, which was my first choice. Um, and so that application process was tough. It was kind of a last minute decision. I think the application for Harvard for their master's program, at least in education, was I think January 6th. And I decided that I wanted to apply to Harvard um, for that upcoming fall, probably in like, you know, early December. So I'm trying to like aggregate all of these you know, recommendations from professors, other professional contacts, as well as prepare the statement of purpose that I slaved over and worked really hard with. Um, and that took a lot of revision and rewriting and uh, streamlining of ideas and obviously just filling out the general application and other supplemental questions. Um, but once getting that in, I think I submitted the application probably a few hours before the deadline. Uh, but yeah, once I submitted it, you go through the waiting phase until March. So the decisions came back March 3rd, I believe, that evening. And I got in and I decided, hey, I'll enroll and start my master's program in the fall. But that's kind of where I'm at now. So I'm currently at Harvard um, at the fall semester. So right now it is September 7th. And the plan is throughout the rest of this year, to really just talk with you know, as many leaders in educational spaces with a primary focus on, obviously, heads of schools of independent schools, but also other leaders in independent schools, and kind of just hear their stories, get their advice, you know, see what their path to leadership was, and the challenges that they face you know, leading in high-executing independent schools. So thank you for listening. Hopefully you're excited about the content coming up and I would love to have you join the journey. And with that, I will see you all next episode.